welcome to You Never Forget Your First. If you're new here, my name is Dom, and on this podcast, we find out where directors come from through their very first films. If you've ever had a McDonald's, you'll know the feeling. You get handed that brown paper bag with the faded M on. Excited, you rush home or to the nearest parking lot and take in the whiff of that good old Mackey's goodness. Unsurprisingly, the first bite is the best. Some people go full burger then fries, others hit up the fries in between whilst throwing in some nugget chasers. But then about an hour later, you're still hungry, feel kind of disgusting and make a promise that you won't ever do it again. But you will, oh you will. This is kind of the basis for the 2004 film, Super Size Me, directed by Morgan Spurlock, who actually ate McDonald's himself for 30 days and documented the effects it had on his body and overall well-being. Rewatching this in 2021, I was struck by how vastly different the world was in 2004. Food advertising was far more aggressive than it is now, and as the film shows through its lo-fi stop motion and animation techniques, the sheer quantity of a supersized meal feels absurd by today's standards. But this was a doc that punched well above its weight. Ask anyone and they've probably seen it. It was Oscar nominated and is believed to have stopped the supersized meal portion being offered at McDonald's after its release. It cost $65,000 to make, which is a pretty small budget, and seems like someone just picked up a Mook camera and got to Mook work, which is exactly what Mook happened. Hello, welcome to You Never Forget Your First. My name's Dom, I am your host, and I am joined by Ben Ass, or wait, we'll, we'll do nicknames in a sec, but we are, I am joined by Ben Ass. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have a nickname. I, I, I didn't go that meta on this episode. Sorry. <laughs> Nicknames is becoming a thing now every episode, I feel. <laughs> it's a fil- Filio Benas. Filio. <laughs> and I'm joined by uh, Louis, a.k.a. Dairy Milk McFluey. <laughs> trademark trademark reserve. <laughs> and uh, my nickname, I've just self-proclaimed myself as McDom Sandwich. I think I've now got the worst name out of all of us. <laughs> it just sounds like a limited edition knockoff McRib. Filio Benas is quite... <laughs> it's, quite, quite, quite <laughs> it's like short for McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. McDonald's, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, that should be mine. Why do we have McDonald's nicknames, guys? What's We're sponsored by McDonald's? Oh, no. I hope so. You got you got to eat McDonald's every episode for thirty episodes. <laughs> <laughs> for the next thirty. For the next thirty episodes. Yeah, Sparrow is just in the corner with the sweats. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Sparrow, there is no Sparrow this episode, um, unfortunately, but he will be back next up um, for everyone that is missing him, and we wish him well on his journey of <laughs> whatever recovery, journey, recovery. His mysterious journey. <laughs> His mysterious journey that none of us know what's going on. <laughs> he is in our hearts. Sparrow. He is. 1991 to 2021. <laughs> wow, it's got dark. <laughs> I think you know more about him than we do right now. Louis and I did see each other yesterday briefly, which was quite nice. Boom. We did. We did. Dom um, Dom took some photos of me. Mm. He, pa- he painted oh, me like one of his French girls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to do some headshots. Painted you like one of my lockdown friends. <laughs> painted me like one of my lockdown girls. <laughs> Um, which was good fun, and then had a little walk around. I'm not, I'm never quite sure about what's what's allowed because no one is. Um, we no we one got is. a couple of beers and and walked and walked around drinking them, which I think is okay. But if we'd sat down on a bench, that would not have been okay. I feel like I'm extremely clear about <laughs> about drinking about drink, drinking in public in yeah. foreign countries, but when it comes to the UK, I'm like, what is the law? I mean, basically, <laughs> I think right now you can get absolutely smashed as long as you don't stop. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just, you keep walking and then you drink whatever you want. It just sounds like the Wild West where they like you would have a 
bunch of like cowboys just go through a town just make sure they don't stop yeah, yeah. loot everything get drunk get hammered and then pass through well like your <laughs> top around on. here <laughs> yeah well, i heard there's some virus going around i wonder if on a graph lockdown to movies being watched yeah there's a correlation probably i'm doing yeah. things on camera that don't actually translate to audio but yeah. uh, for our listeners dom is raising his fingers in an upward fashion <laughs> The more lockdowns there are, the more movies that get watched, yeah. and the less lockdowns there are, the less movies that get watched. But then I guess cinemas are open, so yeah. But you gotta, for example, all the streaming giants right now, the the demand for content. Sorry, who are they? Um, I don't know. I don't want to mention them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try and not mention it. But don't you know worry, I'm gonna are. mention it. What is it rhyme, rhyme, rhymes with Shetflix? <laughs> Something like Shetflix. Um And then yeah, so the demand for content has been, you know, upward, obviously. Mm because of the pandemic um and that's obviously so for example if you look at shows just being binged just like no tomorrow for example bridgerton would be a good example yeah then that french show call my agent lupin oh. lupin yeah oh lupin <laughs> yeah lupin's great by the way although yeah. i have to say to bring it back to films apparently netflix are releasing a film a new film a new netflix film every week this year jeez that is wow that is bold but when do they make these kind of, things yeah so <laughs> it's lockdown <laughs> was it in is it an acquisition thing or no no are they apparently it's their own original stuff, supposedly well which makes sense because they what they did have last year and they're still doing it this year so far is they combined with uh this company called impact and basically you could submit your screenplays there and you get you could get picked but obviously, the chances of that happening are extremely low um, because you know everyone's writing something these days. Mm. Um, yeah, that makes sense because obviously they would they they would kind of get as many, I guess, original as many original scripts as they could. Um, the last word I remember from hearing about that was like they chose AI to kind of pick through, which I thought was <laughs> wow. always interesting. Yeah. Whoever designed that AI is a very powerful person. Steven yeah. Spielberg, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah, I feel like a screenwriter would have to develop that AI, wouldn't they, to know yeah. what it's going to... I mean, how do you even develop what script will get picked from an AI? That yeah. makes an algorithm. They see like... AI, AI, sure. Yeah, that's interesting, because AI has to be programmed in a way to to prefer some things over others, right? So, Wait, yeah, is so this how AI it's... starts to take over humans? It picks what we should watch. It, it picks what yeah. favours AI. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah, exactly. It slowly funnels films that are about, like, AI taking over. We're just like, AI ain't so bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It convinces all of us, like, yeah, yeah. Does that mean that if AI is choosing what movies to make and what to watch, then it's like the other thought experiment becomes what happens on a Friday night when the whole world is in lockdown? What does an AI choose that yeah. will elicit world events based off what we all <laughs> yeah. get beamed into it our eyeballs? Set, sets the tone for the weekend around it's like, the yeah, whole political world. dramas. Yeah. That will, it's like prioritizing <laughs> them because it knows how much unrest there is. Gets everyone to break up with their partner by showing them a really emotional film about <laughs> about <laughs> divorce or something. <laughs> marriage story basically yeah it shows it's a marriage not going to be long until ai just directs films you'll just have actors and they'll just be like yeah. a voice somewhere well, that's there, like, didn't it? Wasn't it there a music video that ibm some ibm computer directed oh, and it was God. rubbish <laughs> it was absolutely Wait, does that, rubbish does that mean there's a directorial debut in by it yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah there, there will be soon yeah by uh by the way before we before i hit record i said that something happened that i should oh, mention yeah, yeah. just as i hit record just as I hit record. What happened when hit you record? Hang on, what had you just done? I got an email that said, from Netflix, that said, confirmation of changes of your new pricing. 
says, hi, oh, Dom. Boom. <laughs> the cost of your plan has changed. I was like, of all the times that this could get mentioned right before we <laughs> record a podcast. In all the joints in all the world. <laughs> By the way, don't forget to mention me again at the start of every episode. <laughs> we did discuss it a few uh, some Mine time changed last well. month. Yours, they, they obviously gave you a discount. I remember afterwards we were all like, oh, hang on, I don't. Mine hasn't changed. But Still nothing. Just check. I was, I was, I was an early, early adopter of the more expensive plan. More... <laughs> I'm, I'm honoured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had all that jo- all those jokes about how Benas hadn't noticed it because he hadn't been hit by the... <laughs> Mr. Moneybag. <laughs> Still haven't. Still That's haven't. why he's not here right now. He's counting all his money. Has anyone been watching anything recently? I do have a question, which we might get to. I watched Lahane, nice. and I have to say, I haven't seen Good it film. in... It's fucking amazing. Since GCSE French. Since GCSE French, yeah, I was going to make that gag. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. I haven't uh, haven't seen it for a while and I've always liked it, but rewatching it now, I suppose having seen a lot more movies and stuff, I can like really appreciate it. It is such, it is, someone described it as a masterpiece and it really is. Like there is just no, there is nothing wrong with that movie. And um, yeah, watched it on Blu-ray, BFI re-release, courtesy of uh, Filio Benas. (laughs) <laughs> and uh yeah it was great I, I love it so much unfortunately it's not matthew kasovitz's first film it is his second film hey, right. his first film being cafe Olay. there's something about watching a remastered film on blu-ray on a big tv that is probably about as close as you can get to watching <laughs> something at the cinema at the moment yeah I and mean, given that you uh, given that i yeah. have a half decent sound system so i just turned it up all the dj scene when he's like playing the fuck the police track over the drone shots of um the flats like oh it's just so good actually really annoyed i didn't get to watch that in the cinema at bfi again when it came out yeah i i did um that was great watch experience because i i had only seen it uh fuck no it was 2016 maybe french since it's been a gcc french in 2016 yeah pretty much no i we studied it for like um like a media class in college or something like that um so watching it again in the cinema it was just way better it was way better than i remembered it to be fair i don't know maybe because obviously i first watched it when i was 16 so maybe didn't have that appreciation for it but yeah watching it again a lot more films kind of came to mind that obviously Casas did had no intention of but for example whilst watching it i was thinking of like um fruitvale station a lot Mm. because it's, if you know the ending, and it's it's the same with Fruitvale Station, you see the ending at the beginning. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, you know the ending's coming, and it's just like, oh, Jesus. It's like, it's an anticipation of the gun going off, literally and figuratively, actually. I watched some of the behind the scenes of it. You know, it was shot in colour as well. Oh, real? So did you just put it into black and white? Yeah, yeah. That's what it said on the special features of the DVD. Um, and it showed some scenes, like when they click their fingers uh to make the lights of the eiffel tower disappear and he's like oh it only happens in movies and then in the actual film they walk away and then the lights disappear which is just such a great scene (laughs) but in the behind the scenes or the deleted scenes there's one where they're like you see behind the scenes of them shooting that shot he like clicks his finger and then they move out of camera and then you hear one of the crew members be like weird weird (laughs) weird then it goes on for ages and then it happens and you hear like everyone celebrate in the background and one of them goes like it says that the Eiffel Tower closes at 2 2 a.m so all the lights would go off so yeah it's just cool cool to see the behind the scenes of something iconic I could talk about Lahaim for a whole episode so I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up now I'm gonna rewatch it you've 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 inspired me because I I haven't seen it since GCSE French and um, (laughs) obviously it was very good then I'm sure it's very good now (laughs) Well, this isn't the GCC French podcast. 
I haven't really seen much film stuff in the last couple of weeks, but I did start The Morning Show, which was on your recommendation, McDom. Um, it's good. It's good. <laughs> McDonald's, actually. So McDonald's. Steve Carell. Oh, sorry. Apple. Rob, Rob Apple. Apple. Donald Plus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, the Apple TV Plus so good. show. I guess, I guess in a way, sort of one of its leaders, right? One of, Probably one of the things it did, invested in to, to get mm. viewers. Yeah, it's good. It's very very well very polished and sort of high production value and well shot i i think um and it's obviously a pretty stellar cast with some big issues I'm, i've struggled to get into it but i feel like it might be one of those things that's a kind of slow burner and takes a little while to to build the the most interesting part to it which isn't a spoiler is just obviously the kind of storyline around the me too me too movement i'm actually impressed with the kind of delicacy with which it deals with it right it's um you know it kind of explores the the nuance behind that movement and and its effect on um on the on the whole industry so i, I don't know i i, I want to keep watching to really understand the point that it's trying to make but so far it's it's quite impressive i love how you're trying to make a serious point and your name is dairy milk mcflurry yeah. next to your head <laughs> <laughs> i really <laughs> yeah. I, i've got no i've got no Makes response sense. to that <laughs> Dare I ask Ben Ass what he's watched recently, or we move um, into our question? Yeah, I'm gonna go way. home bath, guys. <laughs> <laughs> few things, but um, few I would recommend is uh, Les Miserables. Oh yeah, we're talking about that. Similar 2019. To I think I've heard of that. Yes, kidding. A little bit. It's a 2019 film uh, by I'm butchering the name, obviously, but it's by Laj Lee. Anyways, um, it's a great story. Nothing to do with the OG you know Les Mis with Hugh Jackman or Hugo, Hugo Story yeah, it feels like you've been explaining that to people every time you've been recommending every it. time it's just the same fucking <laughs> you, you conversation you mean the one where Hugh Jackman having. sings yeah no <laughs> no no, no <laughs> you're getting the wrong one Ben it's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely. it's not in French it's in English it's, it's set in France but it's not in French don't worry man it's fine <laughs> I watched that film you recommended and I just it's like Hugh Jackman just singing loads like I didn't I didn't quite get the Parisian youth exploration Good. angle. I, I'm not going to hate on Lemis. The real Lemis. Yeah. Dare I say, I've not actually seen the Hugh Jackman Lemis. And after this, I'm not going to actually watch it either way. <laughs> There's only one Lemis <laughs> for me. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, this one was way better. It's very time of, of its time, uh, sadly. 2019. Um, it's made in 2019. It deals with uh, Parisian police, brutality, uh, marginalized communities, um, racism, essentially. Um, so very of our time. Um, Sounds like that, to be honest. Again, yeah. Um, it's just kind of like never-ending story. Mm, um, mm, mm. Lahain was what ninety-five, I think. Um, this is twenty nineteen, ninety-six. Yeah, and it's on UK Netflix, isn't it? Yes, so I recommend that. And the other one I would recommend is this uh, Sound of Metal um, with Riz Ahmed. Riz um, has been kind of stand-up performances in two of two films I've watched recently, which is Mogul Mowgli and this, both about musicians who's kind of go, who kind of go through a disability type thing. In a, in Mogul Mowgli, he has ALS, I think, and in this one, he suffers uh, from deafness. Um, both of both films are really great. Um, this one, I would say, this one was handled better than Mogul Mowgli, but ju- that's just for me, uh, essentially. Um, yes, Sound of Metal does look great. Can't wait to watch it. By the same guy that did Plays Beyond the Pints, so... Have you guys ever seen It's All Gone Pete Tong? The 2004, like, film about a fake Ibiza DJ that loses his hearing. It's, it's, play, oh, it's like, I got real musicians so, yeah. in this doc, but it's, like, as though the guy that plays it is, like, this fake DJ, um... And he loses his hearing. Some people have yeah, been like, oh, it's like, this. same yeah. concept as it's all gone Pete Tong, but like way more serious. 
um I mean, way I'm, better <laughs> i'm sure it's totally different but i just remember that yeah yeah, yeah no no that's that's a fair comparison but uh i think it's a, probably a common thing in with musicians going deaf and stuff um so yeah i'm not surprised there's more films about it but yeah a few things i would recommend limes sound of metal and mogul mowgli when it comes out essentially i think this might be the first time benas has given a very short film list i know are, are you you feeling is okay the world <laughs> Being busy, simple as that. <laughs> he was just so disappointed when he started watching Les Mis and it wasn't Hugh Jackson singing. He just didn't have the <laughs> heart to off. carry on watching films. Yeah, it was a hard watch. Yeah. I'll tell you that. <laughs> there must be so many reasons. people who start watching that thinking it's the musical. If it's on, they're Netflix. so close as well. Like it's not as if there's been like twenty years between them. There's been like what a num- very small amount of time. So the confusion is probably quite high. I'm sure there is an artistic reason for it, but I could also imagine the producer in the room being like, "Call it Les Mis and we will get so many viewers. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great for publicity. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, you want to call it the same name as a really famous um, film? Oh, yeah, bring okay. him on. Bring him on. Just let me consult the lawyers first. <laughs> like sweating buckets. Don't sue us, man. <laughs> Don't sue. Do not sue. Uh, I mean, boldly, it still references the Victor Hugo story as well. Oh, shit. So, you know, oh, they, really? <laughs> they did not give a shit. They, I guess there's no trademark around, like, no, it's a, like 300 years old. Is there? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's public domain. Yeah. Now. Yeah, 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 so right. it's fine. <laughs> Hugh Jackman's just writing cease and desist letters. Being like, All right, mate, yeah. this, is, this is my area now. <laughs> cease and Lemis letters. <laughs> So, the film this week, if you didn't know from McDonald, Filio Benas, and Dairy Milk McFlewy nicknames, is Supersize Me, the 2004 documentary by Morgan Spurlock. This is one of two films or three films that he has directed. He's done a lot of TV as well. The synopsis for this film, for anyone that remembers this doc but can't quite remember anything other than the fact that it was just eating McDonald's for 30 days, is... While examining the influence of the fast food industry, Morgan Spurlock personally explores the consequences on his health of a diet solely of McDonald's food for one month. Wow. Possibly, possibly one of the most influential docs of, what, the last 20 years? Oh, he's coming in with the deep. It's big. Yeah. Did you not know that we did catfish? (laughs) (laughs) True. We've got, I should mention, I was saying this to Benas, we've got a penchant for doing... 2010s docs set in New York yeah because we've only done two docs on this <laughs> podcast and the other one is Catfish yeah. of which was 2010 in downtown New York <laughs> I thought what was so interesting about this and maybe the reason to do it is is that it is such an influential doc so many people know it and yet before I rewatched it I mean I can't remember the last time I watched it it must have been in 2010 probably at some point I've seen it but um everyone remembers this documentary but I don't think anyone remembers what really happens in it other than this challenge. If you say supersize me, everyone's like, oh, the dock where the guy ate uh, McDonald's for, for 30 days. And yeah. like, yeah, when you when you factor in all sorts of other things about the year it came out and the budget, which I think was $65,000, so really not a lot. Yeah, all of those factors, it's like, it was so influential and so wide kind of hitting. And yeah, it was just quite fascinating to watch this in, in 20, 2021. It, it really is. And it's hard to look back on a film like that at that time and, and know whether it's part of the symptom or kind of one of the main causes for I guess this trend towards being really kind of conscious of of healthy eating and nutrition and 
nutritional awareness basically was it was that sort of happening already and then this doc came about as a result actually as i suspect was this kind of one of the pioneers of that that type of thinking it's a good question yeah that then that then really kind of changed the course of the food industry but it's interesting that actually i, I talk about it as though it's influential as in oh thank god it came out because it really saved us from an obesity epidemic fuck all. <laughs> it did fuck all obviously i mean it, what it has done is just made everyone kind of more conscious of it but i'm not entirely sure that it did save the world from from mcdonald's well to to be fair i was like whilst watching this um there were scenes where they they do have those nutritional graphs and stuff but they're always hidden and stuff so like um so although yeah that was happening but i don't think people were like you say were conscious of it i don't know i mean i don't obviously didn't change much or anything to be fair Mm. and also i got a challenge to that but i'll get i'll get to it i was just thinking is it is it all that influential anymore? Because this is 16 years ago. I'd, 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 you'd be hard pressed to find a person now who's actually, who's younger for maybe maybe younger than us who's actually seen this doc. Because um, it kind of it feels like it died with just like a whimper in a sense. True, but I think that although younger people might not have seen the doc, I think they would now take for granted a lot of stuff that just didn't exist before this doc was around. So yeah, basically nutritional awareness. You know, you can't really go anywhere and not have some sense of what you're putting into your body. There's that bit where it stops like, you know, a dozen people and asks them what a calorie is and no one can tell them. That no, wouldn't yeah, happen yeah. now. You know? yeah, I feel like that's people... that thing where they ask people like what the, in America, like what the capital of Paris yeah. is. And no, like, yeah, yeah, it's always some they, dumbass answer. They probably choose some, some demographic of people people that poorly represents the states Possibly, anyway yeah but, yeah you never but know it's quite you funny what goes goes behind you know there might be 90 people who who got it exactly right i think the thing is though like the the supposedly the doc came about because of these two girls that were suing mm. mcdonald's for making them obese mm. back biggest in the bullshit day. i've ever heard mm. <laughs> so straight but, up so that was like that was the bet that was apparently going on in the news and then this obesity epidemic uh feels refreshing to say the word epidemic instead of pandemic um <laughs> yeah epidemic sounds <laughs> sounds just calmer it sounds nice it sounds nicer uh, um, were- yeah the the uh, that was apparently the talk of the day so i feel like as a as a kind of filmmaker or storyteller he saw an opportunity to to add to that conversation because i think that the key thing is the girl the big thing in the court case was like mackies was saying that the food isn't gonna have an adverse effect on your weight right there was this like claim from them and so he he kind of saw an opportunity to prove that by setting himself this this challenge um so i guess into to we'll get into it but to answer the how influential was it i I think it i think it actually was but i think it depends how you measure what the influential what do you measure that that influence by there's a theory i i have i have a bit of a theory around it's not an i word (laughs) i have a bit of a theory (laughs) too early too early early, early. it's not about the movie itself necessarily but i do have a theory that um mcdonald's was coming under a lot of a lot of strain under a, a lot of a lot of scrutiny for for essentially not for not being completely transparent about the way that it got people hooked into its its ecosystem right by appealing to kids and all that kind of stuff and yeah, so it was yeah. very much in their interest for the debate not to be about that but to be about you know for want of a better word fat people suing them right because i think that as long as the debate is around that people roll their eyes and they think oh well they're like oh fuck just bloody americans kind of suing and that's and so you kind of side with mcdonald's because you think that's a ridiculous story but what this doc did quite well was said all right fine this that story is kind of what's triggered the interest but let's look a little bit deeper let's get beyond just that that court case and instead look at the bigger picture of what mcdonald's is doing do what we do best 
sue people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sue people. <laughs> Which is good. It sort of moved the debate on. And it was clearly effective, right? You know, even if you just look at what McDonald's did afterwards, it did change things. It's maybe hard for us to put our minds back in what being what 2004 was actually like because it's quite it was quite a unique few years then because it was sort of before the explosion of the internet it was before the birth of YouTube which is something I want to get into I think that's quite important for this yeah the the you're right the humanity that that the challenge brings with it yeah. the personal aspect of it it kind of sheds away all of the corporate angle to some degree and kind of goes okay i think that i think that the thought of the day back then was that you could eat what you want and exercise mm. yeah. rigorously and you would be able to kind of cancel that Can, out yeah right? the effect mm. especially in new york of all places where people were having like three of different food groups every day like you could have pizza burgers shakes all in the space of one day and i thought what was so interesting was it's like people in new york were, were eating mcdonald's so much but then when he went out to texas and all these places that were, weren't cities people were like even eating more of yeah. it which was almost like more, more mind-boggling to me because i feel like a city would push you to get fast food more no that's not necessarily true because well um, mcdonald's when it started it didn't start in like new york or anything um, I'm hard pressed to remember where it started, but it was just like a, a restaurant that people would just actually just a restaurant that you come down yeah. to and, yeah, that's true. and actually have it. So it, to be fair, it actually just started, started out in the smaller towns and then went into bigger cities, I think, um, because it's obviously a real estate thing more than a business. Uh, this man's watched the founder. Yeah, clearly. This, this man's, man's watched, watched the, the founder. We should I'm mention so- the founder actually. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I mean... Personally, I did. I didn't have McDonald's until I was in this country, essentially. Really? So, wow. Yeah, which I think in, I think there was one McDonald's in Lithuania, and it was in like the capital, <laughs> just outside the train station, <laughs> and that's it. We didn't even have KFC until two thousand seven. Um, so a lot. Yeah. So wow. I was kind of like watching this, and I was like, "Wow, how the fuck are people hooked on this yeah, shit?" Yeah. Although I suppose there's an interesting thing about about how McDonald's because th- this this very much focused on McDonald's specifically, but then yeah, McDonald's has yeah. obviously yeah, influenced yeah, yeah. the fast food culture that that takes many forms. It's the most recognizable, maybe I would say, because everyone sees the golden arches, and obviously they, he they goes on about the golden arches a lot. Golden arches, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Free bar, yeah. But anyway, I think I think uh, yeah, we could probably wax lyrical till the cows come home about about the influence of the film in in society. Yeah. But I guess one thing we've touched on, which is interesting, is is sixty five thousand dollars is nothing. The pure, I think, one of the things that really captured the imagination of people with this film wasn't just what it was saying about society, but the pure simplicity of it. It's like really big, complex thing about society and fast foods placed within it and all that kind of stuff. But instead of grappling with it conceptually, it's so simple. It's fine. They say it's safe. I'll eat it for 30 days and see what happens. Yeah, the lo-fi nature of how it was shot. I mean, it looked like it was shot on digital or something like very low. Like a DV kind of, camera. Yeah. <laughs> DV camera. Like the fact that kind of was just that you're right. That aesthetic adds to the kind of everyday man going into McDonald's and eating. It's yeah. like if they'd filmed it in a more epic way, it would have really taken away. Definitely. Definitely. It would have felt like a kind of, it would have felt. Corporate funded yeah, thing in a way. Yeah, it would almost. have felt like a kind of purposeful thing. And actually, when you think about it, and we're kind of surprised $65,000 was even needed for it. Like, where did that money go? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know medical bills yeah or, or like getting getting the people from the fast food companies to be interviewed or you know there was that guy mm. that was interviewed who ended up losing his job right the guy that represented <laughs> yeah the grocery the, lobbying so thing yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. It was just like, yeah, you already screwed that guy over. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> you would maybe, have to pay maybe you should have. For that stuff. So that, that budget is probably almost entirely equipment and medical bills. And McDonald's. And McDonald's, yeah. The irony that most of this budget went to McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> Back into it. <laughs> Funded McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. The reason why it was such a good idea, and I guess we'll go into like how it inspired other things, which I think is really where the power of it <laughs> yeah. is. But um, it was interesting. I was reading a review of it where someone said the sort of a slightly not a scathing review, but sort of questioned like it's just the doc is just saying fast food is bad for you, which which you know already. And I kind of mm. read that and I was like, that's that's true in that it's true in that people know you probably shouldn't eat it that much. But to kind of put yourself as the filmmaker yourself to through the challenge, it just adds this layer of humanity to it that really makes you question what you actually put in your body. Yeah, because you know fast food is bad but you know that eating it once every month is probably not gonna affect you that much but really the because it's on day two that he like throws up yeah after oh, yeah, having does. that really surprised me when it said day two and he was like struggling to get to, i mean it was supersized i guess but yeah it kind of almost showed like even two days in a row consecutively eating it was not that good so it's like the bigger thing of yeah fast food is not great for you but the lo-fi way that it's documented in this and it's like even letting you know some of that info like day two he's having a big mac it's supersized the fact that he shows you the fries and he's like barely made a dent on them yeah and they look like extra large fries in the in the uk when he's eaten <laughs> yeah. like half of them well that's the thing it's, it's, it's i think it's a real misunderstanding of this film to just think it's about a guy demonstrating that he gets a little bit less healthy when he eats fast food because although that is obviously part of it i think firstly firstly it's just how how unhealthy it is you know all of the doctors are in it are sort of saying look i expect you'll probably your numbers are going to go a little bit awry for a little while and then we'll get you back on track but they're all shocked uh, at just how yeah. bad things get so smart to use three doctors yeah, really i felt good. that was like a good move by him rather than just having one person <laughs> yeah being like honest yeah it's rubbish but no but but that's that's almost a smaller thing i think the bigger thing is that he's he he gets that he gets the balance right between balancing the personal story of his demise his health demise with the bigger picture story about what mcdonald's does you know to kind of to, to grow so it's so you know the interviews with the the class action lawyer who talks about how you know they shouldn't be targeting kids and explaining kind of how it it appeals to kids at a really young age that then kind of gets them hooked on it for, for their entire lives. It's a really, really good point. And actually, one of the biggest consequences of the film was not just about, you know, getting rid of a portion size. It was regulation that stopped fast food outlets targeting children, which is now illegal. Can't be done. In the yeah, States and the, UK, and the UK. And the UK, just, yeah. You're not allowed to... Right. So they're not allowed to do kind of kill children's birthday parties. They're not allowed to advertise in Yeah, children's... I remember grow, I remember having some of those growing up. Like, they're being... I yeah. remember Mackey's being like a more of a part of my childhood than maybe... Not that I went there lots, but like, I remember seeing ads and having going to a Ronald McDonald party of some sort. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I've been to one, yeah, for sure. <laughs> when I was um, 28. It was so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. You hang out with Ronald McDonald as well. <laughs> yeah, he's in, he's in everyone. Um, but <laughs> did anyone, did you guys know about the fact that, that the whole, the super size size? Because mm. I just, for, for a longer time, I just was like, oh, super size is just the title of the film. Because obviously he goes, he'll probably go super, super you know. He will go super sized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then there's like, oh no, this, this is an option. It's the portion size. This is an option that everyone pushes you towards because they'll, immediately be like oh would you like to supersize that shit because he supersized every time not because he wanted but because they offered and he he's his rule was he wouldn't say no yeah 
I think it happens nine times in the 30 days. Nine times. Because yeah. they, they ask him for it. But you're right. It is like, for us now, watching it, Fucking the idea huge. of having... Yeah, because apparently in the UK, it, you could supersize until 2001. Really? And then they cut it. Yeah. So you could go to McDonald's in the UK and get a supersized meal, which, is, which is just crazy to yeah. think that... Because the UK feels so much more regulated in this stuff um, than the States. But uh, yeah, it's weird to think that that was ever a... Like, why would you I ever want to say that? <laughs> Yeah, like, the fuck is wrong with you? I think, I, well, How are you not that, for? That's the key yeah. question, isn't it? Because I think underpinning all of this is a kind of... Is a, is a debate around um, corporate responsibility versus personal responsibility. And because at the same... On the one hand, you sort of think, like, they shouldn't even have big sizes because that's really irresponsible and anybody drinking that kind of bigger soda is going to kill themselves so so just take it off the menu but on the other hand you sort of think well hang on if somebody wants to drink a gallon of coke they will find a way to drink a gallon of coke they'll just buy shitloads of cokes and put them in a gallon bucket or whatever if that's what they really want to do so the kind of the debate centers on to what extent do where do, where does the responsibility lie and okay. what's interesting about this film is that i think it talks about the fact that people should be free to choose whatever they want to do but but they can't be misled by the company that's offering it yeah, yeah and yeah. and so if mcdonald's was kind of basically saying you can buy a gallon of coke but it's this many calories and this many calories could kill you then i think it's like fine well then go ahead and buy it but it doesn't do that but also so like they do tell you what the calories are but when he does ask what calories are, they don't <laughs> know what knows. the fuck a calorie yeah. is. Yeah. So it's already a moot point. Yeah. Because that was quite an interesting... Yeah, it's interesting talking about that now because I, I, it's quite entertaining watching that in the doc. But when you actually break it down, it's like, well, people are just not educated yeah. themselves yeah. anyway to, e to even question where the calories are. It, like, if you don't know what a calorie is, you're not even going to ask where it is on the menu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's also, you won't see it as a real effect on you as a person. Because it's it's a bit of a like a fugazi, you know. Okay, you, know, you know it's out there. You know, you know it, it's in this fucking thing. But you, if you don't physically know what it is or what it does to you, to you it's a it could be a fucking story. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. He says the salads as well, right? Even the salads. oh yeah, like mm -hmm. they're full of calories. And shit. They're full of calories anyway, so it's like yeah. you can't really get around it. I think also have a carrot. This, this this whole all of this all of this stuff happens. No <laughs> <Look>, carrot, because <laughs> you, you you can't look back on this and sort of not think right. What's happened in the world since then? And actually, a few years after this, what? Four or five six years after this was when like the, the daniel carmen stuff yeah like thinking fast and slow came out which was basically the beginning of behavioral economics on a you know outside of just universities where the big the big change was that people stopped thinking about humans as purely rational creatures and started to realize that the way that you talk about things to people will affect their decisions so companies have a responsibility not necessarily just to forbid their customers from buying certain things that are unhealthy because that's never going to work but they have a responsibility to frame decisions in a way that might encourage people to make healthier decisions and so for example calling a very very big coke a small <laughs> is an irresponsible <laughs> way of framing it you know you can sort of call that a regular yeah, yeah, that's and then true. fine still offer the supersize one but make sure that it's really clear that like the normal one is a lot 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 more healthy than that i feel like he tries to do that in the dock through those animations that i mean one of the ones he does is the stop motion thing with the like cups sizes going up yeah when he yeah. shows you the difference between them but some of the animations in the dock as cr in the in the dock as crude as they are um, maybe because they're 2004, it's low budget. He tries to distill quite complex issues, kind of complex info into like simple yeah. 
it's as though the dock is like easily digestible like a like, like a, a big, big mac, mac. <laughs> yeah it's like you, you need if people don't know what a calorie is you need to make sure the dock doesn't go so heady you know know what how to even understand the information that's being shown to you so it, it is quite clever to do yeah. that and on the other side of it it is quite garish some of the stuff in it like the way it's put together i just can't tell if that's the aesthetic of 2004 low budget filmmaking <laughs> probably the way that he just does these lo-fi experiments that you just can't really fault i mean it's obviously not it's obviously not like a medical rigorous experiment which has isolated all the variables and blah 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 but just the the way that he's kind of blended um trying to kind of get to some sort of truth but in a way that's just quite entertaining and simple to understand is quite clever like when he t- he wants to test the theory that kids are being targeted he just goes into a school and says do you recognize this person do you recognize this person do you recognize this person and one of them's like george yeah, washington McDonald's. one of them's jesus christ <laughs> the other one is ronald mcdonald and they and they all recognize ronald mcdonald which is obviously not proof but is such a good way of illustrating this theory that the lawyer came up with yeah yeah it's like docs need so to true. find a way of talking to people that isn't so literal sometimes because i think that's what the news and stuff is doing to people it's like how do you how do you persuade people in a way that entertains them or could just completely hard hits yeah. them i think he achieved that quite well in this this came out in 2004 which believe it or not was one year before youtube was released was was created really? so it was a world without youtube which i don't think any of us could even imagine right now food challenges and stuff is so big on youtube like there's this my friend um shout out to matt who i was chatting to you last night he told me about um food wars on youtube where someone from the us this guy and someone from the uk come together and they do like kfc food wars and they just buy they buy stuff from uk kfc and they buy stuff from the states kfc and they compare like what what you get offered and what the sizes are (laughs) and all this kind of nutritional information and it's fascinating like you know because essentially that's sort of the crux of this doc it's like you can't believe how big it is in the states as we often say about debuts and and films in general the timing is so key and the timing of this before youtube made it so much like more impactful Mm. than i think it would be had a low budget thing like this come out in 2012 or 2013 i feel like there's probably challenges on youtube that someone's doing already of like what if i ate kfc for it would have just been a matt diavella video <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the fact that it, the fact that it came exactly the fact that it came out it's you know a year before youtube before food challenges were a thing and like louis said he's like weaved in this bigger thing about the time and the obesity and and the rest of it i think it's just so interesting it's like it, i do think even if it had come out two or three years after YouTube was released, the the way the film would have been kind of digested by people, pun intended, would have been quite different. Yeah. It felt it feels like for this to be as effective as possible, it had to come out before YouTube. Well I remember like in YouTube on YouTube, uh might might still go be going on, I don't know. But YouTube is still going think- on. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, really? Um it was a thing called Epic Mealtime where they would yeah. just put the um, the most absurd amount of calories onto whatever they were making and obviously try to eat that why so it's a bit of this kind of food pornography that's kind of going on at the moment and that was that was at the start of it so now it is watching this it um it seems a bit maybe tame but also yeah like you say dom if you drop this um and i'll go to another point but if you drop this uh on youtube let's say today 
Um, it'd be it, everyone would see it as tame, and you know, no one would give a shit. So this is my point about like how influential is it really? Because people are still fucking idiots, and they will eat a horse if they have to or if they want to. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this, but this isn't sens- this does this isn't sensationalist do- documenting. It's is not it? at all. No, it's not. No, 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 it's the opposite. Which but I think the- is the power. Which is why it was influential in some way. Whereas like, I think if you're covering stuff in whipped cream, see how much of it you can handle. Like <laughs> that's for a quick click on YouTube. Yeah. But I, I do know what you mean. Like there is that. I mean, there's Man vs. Food. That was there was that dog, yeah. not oh, yeah. dog TV yeah, yeah. series. It always yeah, used. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I used to go to the gym, it used to always be on on the TV. I didn't never knew if it was like a <laughs> yeah. like a you know I'd be like on the treadmill running, and then in front of me would be this guy being like, "I'm about to eat the biggest burrito <laughs> in the South American like hemisphere." And I was just like, "Why are you showing this in this place? Like, is this some kind of sick perverted way of getting people to lose weight?" I mean, I think they, I, I mean Morgan isn't on on this podcast, but <laughs> if he were, I imagine he Morgan? would. What do you think? Yeah. Well, basically, I think <laughs> I tweeted him yesterday <laughs> to ask if he wanted us to include anything. Um, I think if he was, vice to say, he hasn't got yeah. back to us. <laughs> if if he were here, I think he would probably say those those sorts of things fall into a completely separate bucket because I don't think that he would say people shouldn't enjoy monstrous food every now and again, right? Whether if they go to like if they go to New Orleans and they go to like a barbecue joint and they just eat the kind of man oh, yeah, versus yeah, food yeah. style thing. Is that from, ex- <laughs> Once is that in from a while. experience of going yeah, to New Orleans? Yeah, I've literally done that, yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and it, it, this is more a case of, the way he sets up the doc is that the, in this lawsuit with, with these girls that are suing McDonald's, McDonald's basically says it's perfectly safe as just a normal diet. And so it's, it's yeah. actually kind of the opposite of that. It's kind of saying, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. If you're saying that yeah. McDonald's is perfectly safe all the time, then I will call you out on that and I will just have mm. a very normal life living on mcdonald's and it proves that that life is very unhealthy i would say for this doc then in that case that lawsuit is absolutely imperative to to remember what this doc is actually about because yeah it's very easy to go down that route and be like oh well you know people pig out and people can eat whatever the fuck they want on chip so it's easy to go down that route because i yeah before you mentioned that i kind of forgot that it's actually just he's just trying to prove the point that if you say it's healthy I'll eat it and we'll actually see if it's actually healthy. Yeah, it's like he wants it to, he wants people to think this isn't a binge, right? This isn't a kind of this is this is what yeah. McDonald's thinks a healthy normal lifestyle is. And speaking of binging, right? Um there's a bit in that doc where I feel it looks like it's three in the morning or some shit and he's in his bedroom he's snacking Ugh. on that burger and it looks like someone who's actually going through alcoholism yeah. yeah who's going through alcoholism doing a lot a shot because not because he wants to because he needs to obviously that stuff well for me at least it's hard to digest so it kind of stays with yeah, you yeah so you know you you eat at nine in the morning or whatever and then you know you have to eat at one everyone still can relate to that that scene where he's done his first supersize and he's just obviously full and obviously sick but it just has to finish yeah and yeah did anyone notice that went on for like an hour and a half yeah being like 15 <laughs> minutes later but that's but that's when you literally later. look at what he's what he's holding and it's actually quite cleverly done that scene because um and actually throughout the whole film it's quite cleverly done it sort of blends the the horrible sickness of it all but also with the excitement of it because he does have this like little yeah. boy attitude towards like i get to i get to eat mcdonald's for breakfast especially that birthday and, bit yeah and and you sort of feel that you're kind of like actually this would be quite cool if i got to do this for a little while <laughs> but then after you're sort of halfway through your meal and he's just staring at a half-eaten cheeseburger and knowing he has to finish it makes you feel sick to your stomach he does that thing where he's like i'm so excited to eat it yeah. and and get it down and then there's always a period where he's like kind of depressed afterwards and then he's like excited again because he's going to know he's going to eat it soon it's kind of those mood swings that makes it more um, interesting yeah. than if it was just some kind of 
I don't know, like dietitian who is obviously really healthy and would hate McDonald's. It, it's a lot. It's a much more approachable thing because he actually kind of wants to do it. To like obvious reasons of like sugar rush and stuff. Like I'm pretty sure they mention it, but um, it's the obvious thing of like dopamine and stuff. You know, you get that sugar, you get hyperactive, and then you you're lethargic because you you have a, a crash essentially. Um, but for me, for me, it was interesting how they compared it to alcoholism. They're like, this is exactly what alcoholism would do to your liver. Mm. Um, and obviously, everyone knows alcohol ain't great for you. That's like, um, that's always been there since the prohibition area. Uh, but no eh? one, but, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but no one kind of speaks about it when it comes in that regard. When it comes to fast food, no one says like, oh, this shit, you know, is as bad as, as you know drinking there's that really interesting story well it was not a, it's not a real story it's, it's an imaginary story where he, where i can't remember who it is i think it's a well, professor somewhere or something says it's kind of socially acceptable to stigmatize smokers but it's not socially acceptable to stigmatize heavy eaters and yeah, he's like yeah. i wonder when that's going to change I, I would say it's still probably not socially acceptable to stigmatize heavy eaters you try doing that see what yeah. happens yeah <laughs> eating is something that you have to yeah. do where smoking is not That's something a good point. yeah but e eating mcdonald's is not something you have to do but as in the line is blurrier <laughs> and it's like you can't yeah <laughs> but like if you but i i am i'm guessing that people who go to mackey's a lot are people that can't afford or back then at least couldn't afford to you know go to another you know yeah, another as, place yeah. as like, far as i understood it fast food was always like cheap food essentially right yeah as far as, it's still the same thing now I, I, i'd imagine because obviously it does have a it does have a, a bigger effect on your, you know, socioeconomic background yeah. because, you know, <laughs> sure, if you go to, <laughs> if you go to a market and, you know, buy fresh produce, that probably won't ring you up all that bad, but people don't do that. People don't generally go to markets. It's true. Uh, but, but then, they go to supermarkets where everything is a bit more. I think you're right that it's completely wrapped up. up in, it's completely wrapped up in class and socioeconomic issues, which is what makes it quite hard to tackle because on the one hand, I think you want to say it's kind of been proven. Politician Louis coming yeah. in. <laughs> Vote for Lance. Parents. Vote for McFlewy. 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 So on the one hand, I think it has now been proven more or less by the likes of Jamie Oliver, at least in the, not least in the, in the UK, that it, it isn't necessarily more expensive to eat a healthy diet than it is to eat a, a, a fast food one. You can do it. So on the one hand, you want to kind of say, look, it's not about its socioeconomic background. It's not about class. It's like just, you know, it's just about having the will to do it. On the other hand, mm. I think there is a kind of, um, I don't know, I think that there, it, there is a sort of, maybe it's an education thing or maybe it's a convenience I thing or a, a time thing. You know, it's like a sense of education. I've got so many stresses in my life. I just don't have time to kind of cook my own, my own food and find an affordable way to do it. For example, in, again, in this country, for UK, right? So I remember after school, sec after secondary school, a lot of kids would line up outside of like these chicken yeah. burger places. And yeah. There would be massive queues. Absolutely. Or, sub or Subway. Or Subway, exactly. And they would just get something that is cheap, convenient, and essentially warm because people prefer warm food. Why wouldn't you, I suppose, instead of a, like a, a salad? Um, but it, yeah, it's also will, convenience, education. You know, uh, that's why 
food prep. And I think so. Exactly. This is quite an important point Rated. about plenty and and McDonald's. McDonald's was born in an era of rationing. So McDonald's was born at a time when it was not taken for granted that people would even have enough calories to fuel themselves. Right? People didn't necessarily know that they were going to have enough fuel. So the idea behind McDonald's was actually, I suppose, fairly noble. If you want, which was let's find an affordable. Um, way to make food at scale so that people have you know food to eat and fair enough like that's how it that's the philosophy behind its creation that's what the founder kind of explores isn't it the, yeah. the film with we should say the film with michael keaton about ray Kroc, who basically took the two brothers that started mcdonald's and yeah. that ethos of like anyone can eat for cheap and then just kind of like commercialize the hell out exactly. of it until it was like all over the world. But in, so it's, exactly. So, so in, 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 a, in, a, in a context where food is scarce, you can totally see the need for that and why, why it came about. But I think mm. what, what happened much too late in 2004 is that scarcity was replaced with plenty in the, in the second half of the 20th century. And there was no more concern about hunger in the developed world. There was, it, the opposite was true. That there yeah, was just exactly, too much yeah. available and people were made killing themselves by eating too and much. And too much bad stuff. As, like, we can't talk about this film without commenting on the angle of advertising a little bit because it goes into the whole... I was waiting for this to yeah, go. The whole, like, <laughs> the whole, the whole like angle in on on the doc. He's often going on about the golden arches. He shows some ad, some bits of adverts where like the adverts just look so aggressive back then. Like they're just forcing it in your face yeah. that you, you need to have eat this it. stuff advertising in the uk and i'm sure in the us now but more so in the uk is so regulated around this stuff when we were younger it probably was different because it's crazy watching it now like ben i said 16 years later the world was just so different back (laughs) back then like even from a from an advertising commercial Mm. angle mackie's almost seems like it was way more bigger back then somehow everyone was having it more it was more aggressively forced on you through advertising mm. and through these kind of deceitful ways of, you know, supersize for an extra five cent when actually the calories for it are so much more and not really understanding what you're being sold. Whereas, yeah, now it feels like things are so much more regulated and to revisit this story, which he does in his sequel, which we'll talk about. Yeah, it's like the climate now is so different. Things, yeah, so, so the climate is different and, you know, the world that the advertisers are operating in is different, but the debate is still exactly the same. Right now, there is a debate raging between Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, and the sort of the advertising industry around whether or not to ban fast food advertising from from the TFL. But interestingly, actually, it's not even just fast food. It's not just KFC and McDonald's. It's anything with a sugar content or a fat content above the healthy level. So like Deliveroo um, and stuff. I don't well. know about Deliveroo, but it would because Deliveroo's adverts always always contain some sort of fucking yeah. natural. Sort of but I mean, even like yogurt, hamburgers or, from fucking <laughs> somewhere, or like a cereal or something that's sort of slightly above the. And it all comes down to the same debate that it's always been, which is to what extent is it about personal responsibility? Give the consumers the information and then just let them buy what they want, healthy or not, versus corporate responsibility of not trying to sell things like that but i think that's what this doc does well is marries that huge political conversation through an entertaining very captivating way which i think is probably the only way that you would get some sort of drummed up change um the conversation of how influential this doc was there is this coincidental thing that happened apparently six weeks after it premiered at, at Sundance where McDonald's started saying well we're, we're going to get rid of the supersize option and we were already thinning our menu out 
regardless. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have connected it to the movie and they've denied it. So, you know, you don't know what, what happens, but I feel like there's quite a big coincidence there. Yeah. No, no. For, I, I would say that maybe the supersize option, it feels like it's directly linked. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because the film spends so much time exploring it. It's like, I, I didn't even, none of us would even know that supersize existed if they got rid of it before this this documentary, so might might not have even been called Super Size Me, might have been called something else. Yeah, Large Me, <laughs> Super Large, large Me, me. <laughs> yeah. Mega Size Me. <laughs> if the doc was responsible for them getting rid of that, or at least if that was already a decision being made by them and this accelerated it, then there was that's, that's pretty enough, influential. I, I I would say and at you, least I don't think his aim when he made this was to get rid of the super size option. No, probably not. The aim of it was just to to go. Okay, can I live on this? And for all you know, he probably had no idea how bad it was going to get. <laughs> yeah, halfway through it. Because I wonder if he even had an aim, or he was like, you know what? They said it's cool. I'll eat it for thirty days. What happens happens. Yeah, because yeah. he's he. It seems like at the time, at least, he had that of an attitude where he's just like, you know, I'm not trying to be political or trying to whatever drum up some big old argument. He's he's just kind of like following their advice. Also, just to add to Lewis's point way earlier about scarcity, scarcity. So McDonald's launched in 1940, obviously, uh, and also what a change. Uh, not small town, San Bernardino, California, mm. um, where also a hamburger was 15 cents. Wow. So yeah. yeah. So being able to it, feed people for cheap has been in the seemed, DNA. Yeah, it was their their thing, which made sense in 1940, like he said. It seems that we're gravitating around a lot of chats around the influence of it. Um, it was a nominated for a best doc feature at the Oscars. Really? Um, yeah. That is interesting. And it did win the Grand Jury Prize for directing at Sundance. Mm, sounds like Sundance. Sundance, yeah, at Sundance. Um, it won best documentary screenplay from the Writers Guild of America. So it did. It did. I mean, to be not Oscar nominated, I think is fairly. We may not all know about it unless that had happened. I'm sure that had an effect on like the the mass awareness of the doc. To win Grand Jury Prize for directing at at uh, Sundance is just pretty impressive. And, Especially a doc. And uh, that's that's kind of the point that I come back to is that. Like a lot of the films we do, the ones that people seem to know, at least are the ones that kind of saw a gap in culture somewhere and was able to kind of add to that conversation a bit. I suppose when you take in the climate of 2004, you can probably appreciate that he just saw an opportunity to to jump in on something mm. in a very entertaining way. And yeah, I think he's just quite a watchable guy in the doc. So it's kind of, it just adds that, adds to that experience of watching. And it. I think the, um, yeah. Oh, actually, sorry. Can I ask one other thing? Who did, can someone clarify this subway guy that was in the doc? Do you remember that yeah, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't understand what was going on this there. Did he my eye give word, up subway? So. Okay, fine. <laughs> I did a lot of research into him. Yeah. He, um, oh, so basically yeah. this guy, this guy, well, this guy's now in prison for pedophilia. That took a turn. Yeah. It took a nasty turn. Leaving that aside, basically he was the kind of mascot for subway so subway i don't i'm creeping into my eye so i i'm I'll wait, okay but, fine but yeah, basically yeah. But in the doc i didn't quite get it he was the someone that that gave up subway or gave turn no, against no, them the opposite so he was subway's mascot right subway had a oh, big health thing saying health push yeah eat subway yeah. and you'll lose weight and so he was in all their ads and he did like road shows and he did talks like the one that you see in the film right okay yeah yeah fine and because uh, yeah there is this whole thing about how subway is actually not that healthy because the bread is quite calorific anyway yeah. 
Ireland voted as cake. <laughs> Morgan Spurlock putting him in the dock wasn't to comment on the fact that, look, a subway is unhealthy, but yet there is someone that is pushing it. It was more to be like, look, this is a this is a brand that's trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I good. think it, it's yeah, a, okay. it's a suspicious scene in in the film, which um, may have fueled fueled some theories for me. But but yeah, yeah. It, it, I think it's in there to sort of demonstrate how um you know how young people are struggling with their weight because of events like that. He has done a sequel to Supersize Me called Supersize Me 2 Holy Chicken, <laughs> where it seems that he is like sort of exploring the mass chicken farming that happens with fast food restaurants, places like KFC. I thought what was really interesting about this was that I saw sort of behind the scenes with him and he said the conversation around fast food has changed so much that when he came to make this which by the way i'm not sure why it's called super size me too because i it's i i know it's like to do with it's probably just to get, get jump jump in on them yeah but the one. title doesn't quite feel like relevant because he's not supersizing himself in it's that a, film yeah but it's a bit like um michael moore <laughs> is calling his trump um doc so uh calling it fahrenheit 11 9 mm. i think it was called where and uh his bush one was called might have been called Fahrenheit 9-11, which made sense. But, right, so it's like yeah. a self-referential thing. Self-referential, kind of get back in on the money because obviously it's been 16 years since the right. last one. yeah, yeah. There's a whole generation that don't know him. What was interesting about the sequel is he talks about fast food, how the fast food industry has actually addressed the health concerns of stuff. The whole thing of like, instead of using the word fried, they use the word crispy, which basically is the same thing, but there's like a push around it. So anyway, long story short, in the sequel, he starts his own fast food restaurant, <laughs> but, but it's, it's like, so what you, yeah, which is healthy, but you could say is like a sort of people were then going like, well, hang on, you were all against fast food and now you've started your own place, but he did it to be trans to be the transparent fast food place but he's he in the trailer there's these things about how like place it you know like when you get chicken and it's griddled and it has like the black oh, yeah, lines paint on it they paint paint it on which he does at his <laughs> fast food restaurant to kind of show people like this is just bullshit it's so yeah good. it's kind of it's an interesting way in but to actually comment on something about that happened in supersize me with that guy the lob that was it the lobbyist for yeah. the fast food restaurants who ended up losing his job <laughs> the chicken farmers that he works with in supersize me too who kind of come in to show him how these chickens are farmed and um they actually ended up losing all their work with yeah these with yeah, restaurants yeah. that were buying his food so like the issues he's exploring are so thorny that there's going to be fallout and in a way if there isn't fallout have you made the right doc yeah Do you know what i mean I mean, having said that though, because I I watched this, um, I don't know, it was an interview with the two farmers that he worked with on the second one. Um, yeah, they lost all of their income just because they worked with this guy. Actually, the second dog actually looks like it would have more, actually it was way more political than the first one because it does talk about how big chicken forces out the 1% of the farmers actually grow the chicken. And in all true respect, there's only five five companies actually grow the chickens mass produce in america at least or may so produce one of them and stuff when they started saying like free range free range is apparently just happy chicken blah 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 but it's actually just like a chicken given an option to leave uh to leave the the hen house or whatever with a cage like they would add a cage at the end yeah. of, of the door yeah like which constitutes free range very shocking yeah about how much yeah. space counts as free range it's like a square foot or something yeah, a square foot is a normal thing. Like, that's how chickens grow up, which, yeah, yeah. again, is insane. Yeah. So, yeah, in that doc, he think he buys up 2,600, so 2,600 chickens, I think it was. 
Yeah, to run his to kind of farm for his own restaurant, right? Where, uh, yeah, and and but they their hen house or farmhouse essentially is like it's massive, like way more way more space than the chickens need. And obviously, but whereas like a big company like Purdue or something, they would probably go go to twenty six thousand chickens in for that same space. So that's like how how much it forces out the small farmers yeah. because you know small farmers wouldn't do that. It almost feels like the second doc is trying to is trying to address the like tricks that people use in the industry mm. to kind of pull the curtain back on that on the stuff like that free range thing and also the painting on lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grid. it's like it, yeah, it's almost like instead of exposing as the first doc did, just this like absurdness that's got out of hand uh, with with fast food. It's almost like now it's been addressed, but now this doc is like, well, has it been addressed? Because there's all these kind of tricks that people do. Yeah, because also when people like think, oh, they're buying chicken or maybe a chicken sandwich, that it's healthier for some reason because it's white meat or something because it's not processed meat maybe. Um, but again, it's just like, no, it's just like they've worded it differently. They've advertised it differently to you, but it's still the same shit. It's a bit like in the first one when he's like, oh, this uh, the salad has so much ranch sauce that, you know, it's fucking Big Mac. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, yeah, made out Did you see the clip of him from the second doc? I don't know if it's in the second doc or it's a promo thing, but he goes back to McDonald's like last year with the two, I think it's with the two farmers or two producers of the second film. And he orders a Big Mac and it's like, he wants to see what's changed since 2004. <laughs> Cause he says he's never stepped into one since. And he goes in, he's like, I'm getting Muck PTSD. From <laughs> <laughs> and he like, he opens it. It's so funny. He opens the Big Mac thing and he's like, he looks at it and then he looks at the camera and he's like, good to see that some things yeah. haven't changed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, so the, the credibility of just making something 16 years ago of that moment and then yeah. having the kind of point of view on it now. Well, the thing is with like the first one, I bet like places like KFC and Pizza Hut, they were like, oh shit, we got off scot-free. Mm. You know, yeah. it's like no no one's looking at us. <laughs> but then he came back with this one. It's like, oh, KFC, now you're in it. So maybe the next one will be pizza or some shit. 2004, it looks like you couldn't walk down a street without going into a McDonald's. Yeah, yeah maybe. Whereas now, I mean, I haven't had a Mackey's in in years like i haven't had one in such a long time and i probably won't now even longer having watched supersize me <laughs> there were some bits of that doc i just could i could not stare at the screen the gastric bypass footage Scary. of that guy uh, i mean as much as i said the doc isn't sensational i feel like that bit is there to kind of show you like happens. this is what might happen to you if you keep eating dairy milk with yeah. fluid. <laughs> <laughs> should we um get into iwoods Oh, by the I way, Benas, I was going to ask, is, are you wearing a Camden Pale t-shirt? Camden Hells, but yeah, <laughs> Camden sure. Hells t-shirt, yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. I, have a beaver town, I have a few Beaver Town ones as well. Brand loyal. Brand, yeah. that way? <laughs> we should well, really be wearing McDonald's t-shirts for this episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I should have pulled my Big Mac jumper out. Your Ronald McDonald clown <laughs> Ronald <costume>. McDonald. <laughs> Ronald McDonald. I'm so annoyed I didn't come up with that. <laughs> um, for anyone who is new to the pod, IWOD stands for It Was All A Dream. Uh, and it is the part of the pod where we all give an alternate theory on the film at hand. So Dom's going to struggle with this one because he can't use his regular one, which is it actually happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because psych, it actually happened. I did. All, I did happened. think about rever- doing a reverse version of that, where I was like, "No, this was actually all, it's actually a movie. all set up." Yeah. Um, I think we did that for Catfish, though. No? May I remind everyone that su- uh, that Supersize Me, that um, <laughs> that Supersize Me is the film that we're doing. Uh, that iWords are being. Uh, we do have a scoreboard for iWords. 
Ah, shit. Oh, going. Fuck, I forgot. Louis <laughs> and Sparrow are... Uh, and Sparrow's not here, so I could take the lead. Yeah, by, that's what I mean. Sp- <laughs> Sparrow mysteriously is not here, so he uh, he's going to be able to... He's going to be missing his opportunity to gain his lead. But he is in the lead with Louis. So I guess the question is, who wants to go first? Should, I mean, shall I, shall I go, go first? On. Go on, Ronald McDonald, go first. Mine is... Um, I think I just really... I found this doc so interesting that I really actually struggled with coming up with something that I felt was like mad crazy. But then I actually, when I started looking at it more, I realized that there's maybe another doc, another angle on this doc underneath that when you start thinking about it sort of makes sense. Um, And basically a lot of it is all based around the physician that he visits. Is it a physician or doctor? The guy who who has the most screen time with the black hair and the 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 beard. Yeah, they're kind of like Iranian-looking guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, he's extremely watchable, and I feel like he <laughs> almost was an actor at some point. I feel like he, he, gets an un- <laughs> he gets an inordinate amount of screen time compared to the other two. And so my eyewad is that this guy is actually the guy that did the challenge and that Morgan Spurlock didn't do the 30-day challenge. And here's the reason why. Because uh, I've, I've written Spurlock was merely a puppet. Because basically, <laughs> he gets the most screen time, and he's also the one that seems way more impassioned about the effects of it on his health when he comes back for the second time. And he's looking at his cholesterol levels and a couple of other levels that aren't really explained, but he's like, this is crazy. This is over 200. You can't be over 200 <laughs> in this. And Spurlock kind of sitting there being like, okay, cool. So if I have Big Macs for the next five days, like will my liver die or something? And my theory is that actually it's the it's the doctor that is doing the challenge and he's looking at his own medical records, which is why he feels so <laughs> impassioned. And that he the reason he can't do it on camera is because he needed someone who is a storyteller who produces these kind of docs that he needed he needed a kind of front man to the whole thing and so it also explains why two days in Spurlock throws up from McDonald's because by all he's accounts he's a it. he's a healthy guy and that he probably shouldn't be eating McDonald's at all so someone that doesn't eat McDonald's and then suddenly has a supersize uh, is going to obviously tear up from that so the physician and then I've got this other theory that the vegan girlfriend for Spurlock is actually the physician's girlfriend and that he needed some credibility in this and so <laughs> Spurlock had to move in with her get this idea that there was like a, a relationship going there all the other doctors are paid actors which is why there's not that much time with them do you notice the other doctor that they have the yeah. guy with the kind of cropped beard He's anytime they cut to him, he's just like, I do not recommend that you go on this diet. It's like, <laughs> yeah. if he's a like, doctor, get out of my office. Yeah, it's like, surely if he's a doctor, he's going to go into quite a bit more detail than than just that. <laughs> just don't do it. Or like the other doctor, when he comes back and he says, yeah, so um, apparently my liver is taking quite a beating from this. And the other doctor's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Given the data now, yeah, that makes that makes sense. It's like, <laughs> wouldn't you be able to foresee that that's going to happen? Why didn't you um, predict this? Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, as a final crop off on this uh, iWord. I just felt like for someone that's putting themselves through 30 days of eating McDonald's and getting quite adverse health effects, he was quite relaxed generally yeah. about the whole thing. And so that kind of furthers my my theory that this doctor, uh, the Iranian doctor, I'm just going to call him, is, the uh, is, is the guy that actually underdid the challenge. And so, yeah. <laughs> When he's actually looking at his cholesterol level, it's not Spurlock's, it's oh my his. God. That's why he's like, well, you must stop this challenge. And he's yeah. basically talking to himself. I did read a review of like written by a doctor who who did say, I was completely astonished 
that completely astonished that the doctors at the start thought this wasn't going to happen. Well, yeah, there you Do go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you wonder, you wonder how much they were coached to to kind of underplay it at the beginning and sort of over dramatize it. Or he just chose doctors that he thought were not we're not sensationalist or kind of. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's maybe. tricky. I, I guess. I think that's a good theory. But, I mean, yeah. you know. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, fine. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely something in the fact that that um the the health place mysteriously closes halfway through the through the the film. Oh, does it? I don't remember. remember like, that. yeah, there's a random scene where because that, that place with the, with the dietitian, not so much with the doctor, the, the blonde the dietitian. Woman. Yeah. Yeah. And it's called like health. Health. With, yeah. With the A yeah. and the E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, randomly in the middle of the film, it says we got a voicemail from health and they said that they'd shut down oh uh, yeah 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 and he just sort of says well i guess i guess i guess health isn't really valued in this country the same way fast food is and then it just kind of moves on so maybe there is something under underhand going on with the health office maybe the physician that iranian physician came in and was like you must shut, close shut it down you shut it down that's right <laughs> i just felt like if i see a doctor being super impassionate about your cholesterol level and you'll just chill about it <laughs> Yeah. There's something not right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that is my word. Nice. Um, Sparrow, go on. <laughs> Sparrow, Sparrow. Um, like always, I usually think of these as we speak. Um, this boggles so- my mind. You do this, which is which is <laughs> I, know. I I, I, I love explosive. it. But I forgot that now we do score. We score them. So, <laughs> like, the there, was, there was no like, steaks before. So, I was yeah, up till 4 a.m. last night. <laughs> there, were, there were no steaks, just burgers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so, this one may not make any sense, but whatever. I'm just doing it. So, it's so he got this idea during um, a meal, a th- Thanksgiving meal at his parents, right? So, here's the scene it's Thanksgiving, and Morgan watches the court case of the two fat girls being. Uh, Sue McDonald's. <laughs> the two, wow. the say, two say, say like it is. Yeah. <laughs> the two large ladies, Ben asked. Okay. So then he's like, shit, I've got money in stock over at Mac- Macadese, right? So he gets them um, and he needs to get that money out tax free. But Mac- Mac- McDonald's tell him it, they can give him his money back on one condition. He needs to put it back into McDonald's. Hence why he, he makes his dock to kind of like money launder <laughs> that money back into McDonald's. <laughs> okay. Um, obviously. So then um, they're like, fine, that's chill. Eat McDonald's for like 30 days. Nothing will happen. It's safe. Just make sure the money comes back to us. So then make make sure that the money (laughs) (laughs) makes sure. Exactly. So then saying he has the idea of actually documenting this. So basically, long story short, it's a money laundering scheme that actually uh, worked against McDonald's during their shady dealings during the court case um, and it backfired on McDonald's they lost money they had to get rid of supersize me options and that's and Morgan that's... lost his money then um, no he gained it back because during... of the money that the doc the made movie. exactly that right. made 22 mil so he McLaundered the hell out Mc... of that of <laughs> yeah, his stock. exactly yeah. he swindled that shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that is good. That is good. I feel like it's, the crux of that is that Big Morgan McShaw. has has Muck stock, basically. It's <laughs> <laughs> so sure. funny how the Big Muck Short. Big Muck Short. Do, do you think he's just the like Big he, he gets on the phone and he's just Ronald McDonald doing it? Do like, what the fuck is going on with this dog? Uh, the supersized Muck Short. Yeah. Um, 
there's um there's it's so funny how in it just suddenly reminded me there are bits where you know where they kind of zoom in and they sort of highlight bits of the legal deposition from the oh, lawyers yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yeah. and there's a bit where it's like the lawyers actually call instead of saying a diet from mcdonald's they call it the mcdiet <laughs> Which it's is so random for the lawyers to say. It's like there is no evidence. There is no substantial evidence that a McDiet causes illness. <laughs> yeah, you, the lawyers are so specific about the terms yeah. they use. It seems. And it's so- like, how are you doing that with a straight face? <laughs> <laughs> McDiet. And also, how do you? There is like- no. There is no Mc evidence that Mc health is affected in any Mc way. <laughs> yeah, he, that's just vocabulary for them. Yeah. He says that in the day too when he's eating the supersize. He's like, I got the Mc shakes. Got the, <laughs> the Mc the Mc tingles. I got the Mc gut. <laughs> Um, oh, actually, the, yeah. No, sorry. I'll come back to it. But yeah, that 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 is a funny a theory. Idea. I feel like it it says a lot about about how he. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to connect this to something, and I can't. I'm sorry. How much? <laughs> how much he actually thought God about the whole doc? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. How much he thought about making the thing that he put a lot of effort into? Yeah. 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 Makes sense. So, all right. So, 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 I guess mine's in a similar ilk in a way in that I think it's a little bit unlikely that this dog just kind of came out of nowhere. And I think there is something quite deliberate behind it. Right. And I think it's, um, it's actually not a wild theory at all. I think it's genuinely quite, there's something in it, which is that I would be so surprised if Subway didn't fund it in some way. <laughs> because Subway's, well, Subway's whole shtick, especially around that time when people didn't really have a good grasp on nutritional awareness was, subway is healthy like it wasn't even subway is slightly healthier than mcdonald's it was literally like you know you can build health out and that's what the jared what's his name thing is all about he, all of their ads at the time were about how a guy who was obese went on the what they called the subway diet which was two subway sandwiches a day and lost loads of weight as what? a result and all of their branding was around like you know green shops with like vegetables up front and it felt like kind of pure honest food that was actually going to help you lose weight first of all i suppose you could just say it was very convenient for them to have a documentary that was not just against all fast food but specifically against like burgers and and, and mcdonald's and fast food of that ilk because subway's different to that and then it just sort of becomes so fishy when there is that random segment in the middle of the film which you brought up earlier where you see their spokesperson talking about how that jared talking about how the subway diet sort of managed to save him from obesity caused by mcdonald's and then there's that really weird section where the girl starts crying because she says oh if only i could afford two subway sandwiches a day i'd be fine but i can't so I don't know what I'm going to do. And and you, I keep waiting. You keep waiting during that thing to to, to hear Morgan Sport Burlock in his kind of oh, shucks way to be like, God, see how brainwashed our kids are. They think even the solution is fast food. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He just he literally yeah. just shows it. And then he says, oh, well, yeah, now on to how bad McDonald's is in a different way. So I don't know. I just think that's yeah. too convenient that Subway benefited so much from this this documentary that, it, that they didn't fund it somehow. Do you think because he doesn't take swipes at Subway? Not only some... does he not take swipes at them, he, he, he gives them poses an ad. them as the solution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which they obviously are not. Like, you know, they have more calories in a Subway meal than they do in a McDonald's one. And like their bread isn't even bread. It's cake. It's cake. <laughs> <laughs> I can love that. <laughs> eat two cakes a day and you'll yeah it's almost like it's the worst of two evils right like maybe it maybe it does give you less calories and therefore he lost more weight but that doesn't mean that it's a healthier diet yeah well it's all complete bullshit but (laughs) anyway as in the the idea that subway is posed as the solution to mcdonald's woes i think is not what you would 
put what you would say if you were making an honest documentary about nutritional awareness so really your what the the kind of iwad nature of your theory is that subway may have put the money in the filmmaker's pockets and said go and make something that's gonna absolutely destroy ronald yeah for so partly because they come out of it so well but also partly because it lit it fit their marketing plan perfectly at the time like it was exactly this man's coming in from an advertising point of view yeah <laughs> yeah let me let me let me tell you about advertising in subway headquarters yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I've got, yeah, it doesn't sound valid. that crazy. No. And I know that there have actually been Alec, because I looked it up and I said, what the hell is going on? And it's not, there isn't like a clear link, but I, I'm not the first person to think it. Don't, I feel like I've got brothers and sisters online. It's on this website called Q, QAnon. QAnon? <laughs> yeah, like I feel like there's another doc in exposing the subway yeah, version the subway of myth. this doc. What really like, happened? Foot on me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's somewhere there's, there Foot is a film too. called Footlong Me. <laughs> Footlong Me, yeah. <laughs> there's probably somewhere there. I think that title might already be taken. Yeah, Italian Herbs and Cheese Me. <laughs> Subway myself. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's not really it's not really an Iowa because it's not that it's not that far fetched. I genuinely think it happened. I think I think there's a lot. There sounds like, like there's, there's a lot of credibility. It, yeah. Watch that scene again and tell me there's not something fishy going on. The thing is, now you mention it, like <laughs> when I when I was watching the film, I just I was almost more confused about who this Jared guy was. But now we've kind of talked about it and I've, I've understood it a bit better. Like it it is weird. He was weird. in their Super Bowl spots. He was in like he 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 was a really famous frontman for Subway at the time. I can imagine if Louis makes that doc about about Subway trying to <laughs> smear McDonald's, it will start with that little segment from Super Size Me. Super Size Me, yeah. Of yeah. that girl speaking. Yeah. Fair enough. I was watching this doc <laughs> and I thought, something's yeah. fishy about this scene. He's like, yeah. you're probably wondering how we got here. Yeah. <laughs> it only took 17 years when I've exposed the truth about Super Size Me. Yeah. What went down? <laughs> yeah. Jesus, um, I'm giving credibility to Lewis as well. I think Louis is maybe mm. cl- clinched this week. Although, although I have to say, it's such a good theory that it almost feels like it's, it's too not boring quite an eye yeah. yeah, it's a bit like it really <laughs> happened. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It's no TV on. I, I will admit that. <laughs> it's no TV on. There, there have been many comments about TV on in the last couple of days. I feel like Fucking it's uh, mind blown. It's, TV on deserves its own spin-off podcast. <laughs> It's it's unfortunate that such a good iWord was done at the very start of the iWord uh, scoring card. <laughs> the rally. It's the first one. What do we think, guys? I think what we is, should is do Louis, is... Louis pro- clinched it? I'd say I'm probably, it, but... I'm a unanimous <laughs> yes. I'd say probably, but also I would say, Louis, make that doc now. Yeah, all right, Ooh. I will. If I make the doc, will you give me the point? Yeah. <laughs> if okay, you, if right, you know, if I, get, if I see some footage from this doc that's been 17 years in the making... <laughs> I'm a bit worried when this goes out, I'm going to start getting death threats from, from Subway. I'm going to yeah. start getting like breadcrumbs through my letterbox. <laughs> Wake up with a footlong at the end of, of your, end of your bed. <laughs> and a note inside the footlong written in cheese. Yeah. Meatballs Don't in my bag. fuck with us, man. Yeah, it's going to be meatball marinara sub yeah. in, in your bed. <laughs> Made him enough for he can't refuse. Go for a shower and there's just meatballs smeared all over. <laughs> all over the bar. You're like, what the Oh shit! It's like tuna. You open a drawer. There's like a tuna sub. Looking at you with <laughs> like a two-day-old tuna sub with a note in it, being like, "You." Fuck I didn't mean it, guys. You fuck with us. What have I stumbled upon? 
I love. I just love how intense they'd be about this thing that happened 17 years ago as well. Yeah. <laughs> Meatball marinara just in your bed. Uh, that, that is funny. Yeah. That anyway. is fucking. I think the idea of just finding a meatball marinara like anywhere, <laughs> anywhere in your house that it shouldn't it's be. Just everywhere, there's just meatballs. <laughs> Turn my computer on in the background as a Subway sandwich. Then changed your background on your PC. <laughs> just a note. Oh, that's funny. That was really funny. Um, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, you, you, I've given you a point. Uh, so far, the, the scores are Louis has two, Sparrow has one, I have none, and Benas has 0.5. Because I oh, yeah. think something <laughs> happened last week, last episode. Yeah, where I can't remember where it was. You said, oh, avocado spilt on the road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Avocados <laughs> have been spilt on the road. That, des- that deserved half a point for yeah, sure. Yeah, that was half a point. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, right. <laughs> right. So, disclaimers. Yeah, I, I, I'm in no way affiliated with Subway or any of its subsidiaries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, we just got to put that out there before Meatball Marinara turns up. <laughs> turns up outside your door <laughs> all rights reserved yeah i guess the question now is does anyone feel motivated to eat fast food actually really do yeah Not i really. feel like it maybe nowadays has the opposite effect we just see them eating burgers and you're like i kind of want yeah. one <laughs> yeah there is genuinely like there is there is genuinely a, an argument that kind of goes because of this film the fast food industry kind of was saved from itself and because they rebranded as kind of nutritionally aware actually it's done them a favor should run. that should have been an i would that should have been an i would yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. That actually it was funded by Mackey's. Yeah. <laughs> it was their like rebranding film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your... It was some cre- some art director somewhere was like on a on a single slide of a deck was like, what if we got a filmmaker to do a doc that exposed the truth of us so that we could yeah. d- time it with our our change in branding? It was just sure like that... there was like a board member who wanted to like get get the old board members out and so it was like, yeah, we'll make a get an old Oh yeah, my god, that could that could be Sparrow's iWord. Sparrow, man, how did you come up with Sparrow, that? Sparrow, that was a great iWord. Well <laughs> yeah. done. TV on, how did you come up with that? Point, point for Sparrow. <laughs> Alright, guys. Well, uh, yeah, I guess it is goodbye from McDonald. It's goodbye from Phileo Benas. Oh, see ya. Bye. <laughs> and uh, it's goodbye from Dairy Milk McFluey. Don't kill me, Subway. <laughs> Subway, if you're listening to this, don't put a meatball marinara in our beds. Alright. <laughs> okay. And that is the end of the pod. Not that I've ever really pushed our socials, but I feel like I should because we really want to hear from you. We'd love suggestions of directors and their debuts to cover. So if that sounds like a load of fun, you can contact us on at YNFYFpod on Instagram and Twitter. And also, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get them. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you in the next one. I mean, we won't see you, you will hear us, but it will, the next podcast will be out soon.